Erica Harold is one of the t- Illinois' best-known attorneys. Uh, she has a really interesting career. She was uh, Miss Illinois, and then she was Miss America in 2002. She's run for Congress. She's run for Attorney General, and she's now been appointed as Executive Director of the Illinois Supreme Court's Commission on Professionalism. Welcome to the show. Uh, so nice to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm sorry if that was, uh, you know, my producer is like, do they really play that song in the patch? And he's so young, so he doesn't know that schmaltzy stuff was just, you know. It was an iconic song, but sadly to say, they no longer play it because they don't have the rights to it. Some lawyer took charge of that I was, one. <laughs> I was not representing them. If I was representing them, they would still have the rights to it. That, yes, because you, you can't you can't take that song out of the pageant. Sorry. So I have to ask you questions before we get to the serious stuff. Um, but, you know, the, the Miss America pageant, um, you know, I, I bet people, was it a good experience for you all in all? It was a wonderful experience. It enabled me to graduate debt-free from law school. It gave me the ability to travel the country and promote preventing youth violence and bullying. And I met people I would never have the opportunity to meet. So overall, it was an incredibly empowering experience. I imagine it was a very rigorous experience to go through all of the things you had to do for talent and, and looking good and, and, and preparing yourself. Was it, was it very rigorous and very stressful? It was a very rigorous process because you recognize that you're all of a sudden just a regular person who is not used to any notoriety and you travel to Atlantic City with the possibility of becoming a national spokesperson overnight. And so the just the reality of trying to prepare to be ready and to put your life on hold and to be subject to scrutiny is certainly kind of daunting. And what do you say to the detractors? I'm sure you've heard this over and over again that it, this is a sexist process. This is something that is, um, you know, not not promoting of women. How, how do you respond to that, Erica? For me, it was an empowering experience. It's certainly not for everyone, but the Miss America organization is the largest provider of scholarships for women in the country. And it opens doors for women to be able to be leaders at an age when they're still finding their voice. And really, the scoring competition is focused on your platform, your talent, trying to assess, are you somebody who will make a significant impact if given the title? And I think that the focus has changed. Like when I used to watch the pageant, and I did, I mean, my my mother, we all sit and we get, bring our dinner tables in and we watch the pageant right. start to finish. It was an event, you know. It was, it, and people would pick their favorites. We did. Oh, yes, we did. Um, but I think it's really focused, it seems like it focuses more on, on the things you were talking about, the professionalism, the intelligence, the knowledge, the poise, the leadership. Um, but there's still the beauty part of it. There's still all of that. Um, but I think what we need to do is to play uh, Erica Harold's uh, just the beginning of her talent portion. So if it's not enough that she's a Harvard-educated lawyer, <laughs> a Miss, Miss Illinois and Miss USA, listen to this. So you're also an opera singer. What else do you do? (laughs) I I can't play sports well, but being able to have that opportunity to sing on national television was such a thrill. And then during that year, I was able to sing the national anthem at different sporting events. Oh, my goodness. And that... 
those experiences are sort of once in a lifetime moments because I was realistic. I knew I was not going to go on to have a fabulous performing career, but being able to share something that was important to me, my talent, my passion, and then to sing the national anthem different places, it really opened up a lot of doors for me. And I'm very appreciative. Tell me briefly about your background. You're from Champaign-Urbana area? I'm from Champaign-Urbana. I was born and raised, and I I should specify Urbana because those of us who were born in Urbana, (laughs) we even say University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. We try to put the emphasis on Urbana, but I'm the oldest of four. My Everyone in my family except for me is a great athlete. So my parents met when they were student athletes at the University of Illinois. My mom ran track. My dad played baseball. And I come from a family where we all really support each other. And I did my undergrad at the University of Illinois and law school at Harvard and have tried to make the best use of the opportunities that have been given to me. And why did you choose to be a lawyer? I chose to be a lawyer because I really wanted to advocate for people who didn't have a voice. When I was in high school, I had to transfer to a different high school because I was the victim of severe racial and sexual harassment. And that feeling of having to leave that environment to not feel like I was able to stand up for myself made me want to avoid ever feeling powerless and marginalized in that way. And I thought law would give me the ability to be an advocate for other people so that they would be able to have someone to vindicate their rights. So interesting. Um, when you were going to school, you know, bullying was not the the the, the cause that it is now. You know, we, we talked about it, of course, but it's now become even worse, I think, in this day and age of, of social media and uh, incivility, which we're going to talk about later. But how I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a message that you are talking about this because you're beautiful. You're, you know, you. And, no, and, and and but yet, you know, all of these things, these accomplishments and all these talents and you still got bullied it's it, a lot of, i guess i'm saying a lot of people think it's just the little chubby kid who's socially backward but it's everybody it's everybody and i wanted to use the power of the stereotypes that people had about miss america to really start to shatter the stereotypes and the stigmas that are associated with being a victim of bullying because you have the stereotype as you just alluded to but then you have a completely different stereotype about miss america you think most popular person homecoming queen prom queen that wasn't me and i wanted to go into those middle schools and high schools and change what people's perception was of what it means to be a victim of bullying and who's impacted by it and hopefully empower kids to recognize you are not defined by the worst things that your peers may say about you that's a great message. We're talking to Erica Harold. Um, she has just been appointed as the executive director of the Illinois Supreme Court's Commission on Professionalism. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking uh, more to Erica. You're listening to WGN. Miss Illinois. Good evening. I'm Erica Harold, looking forward to attending Harvard Law School. We're here with uh, Erica Harold, and that was you announcing uh, what you're going to be doing after you won uh, the Miss America title. Indeed. I notice how much higher my voice is. So I'd like to think that my voice has deepened it with experience over time. That's right. Well, and you were probably a little nervous. So I just have to ask you, I know we're going to get to the substance of this at some point. But so when you win and, you know, and you're standing there with the runner up, right? And it's it's either you or it's her, right? And and you're hoping it's you. But you're trying to be gracious, right? You're you're trying to be gracious. And So the person who was my runner-up was Miss Alabama, Scarlett Dupree. and What a name. Right. And I thought, her name sounds like Miss America. (laughs) I don't sound like Miss America. But 
we were holding hands and in that moment she mouthed to me she goes I think you've won and I have no idea why she said that and I had no response other than I hope so but that was it (laughs) and it just happened so quickly and it really I showed my niece and my nephews a couple of the the pageant a couple of months ago and I thought they would just be so excited but they were kind of like that song and I think my nephew when he saw the talent he goes you were making such weird faces why were you doing that I was like well this isn't how in my mind I thought it would plan out yeah you, you you're not getting that respect I guess that's right. Of course, family is the worst when it comes to that they, stuff. They keep they, you humble. They, yeah, exactly. So your platform during your reign as Miss America was anti-bullying, and you talked a little bit about how you were bullied when you were in school and had to change schools. So now you're in this position as executive director of the Illinois Supreme Court Commission on Professionalism, which to me is a great segue. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing now? The commission was founded by the Illinois Supreme Court to promote civility, integrity, professionalism, and diversity among lawyers and judges in Illinois. So in a nutshell, we are trying to carry out the court's mission by creating innovative platforms and innovative programs to promote those statewide. And I always say this, and maybe this is a little snarky, but do we really need a commission to keep lawyers civil? And my answer is yes, because unfortunately, as a lawyer, and even older lawyers who you think, you know, we we all fight with each other, but we fight over our clients' issues, and it should be a civilized conversation. But I find that lawyers are are nasty, and, and it's really not productive. So, so, so this is this these programs and these platforms that you're advocating are, are to kind of get rid of that, and it's to elevate civility as a core element of our profession. As you just correctly stated, the legal profession is adversarial by nature, and you're advocating vigorously for your client. And sometimes it's easy for people to lose sight that they are supposed to be fighting for their clients, not with opposing counsel. And and, then you're no good for your client when you lose that kind of, um, you know, whatever it is, if, if you become too emotional, you, you lose, you lose track. It's like, it's like being an athlete. You've got to stay cool. You've got to execute. You've got to be prepared. Um, but, but I still see that so very much and it is, it is very difficult. But, you know, civility is a bigger issue than just in our legal profession. That's in fact, right. as I was preparing for this, I pulled up um, a Harvard Business Review article called The Price of Incivility. And it talks about how incivility, when I say incivility, people talking politics in a nasty way or school bullying or employ, employee situation where yes. employees are talking and going at each other that it actually gives you uh, physical ailments and it impacts your immune system and it makes people sick. Um, so, you know, given that, how how do you look at your new job here and how do you attack these kinds of bad bad actions? I think you underscore exactly the core issue of helping people to recognize there is a high price that we all pay for incivility. We pay with our health in terms of stress, in terms of time lost where people are dealing with the results of bad health as a result of stress. We create bad outcomes for our clients because we are delaying the, we are delaying the adjudication of their cases. And we are creating environments where people do not enjoy coming to work. So if you 
look at why we're having issues with retention, with promotion of certain people, uh, disproportionately women and people of color, they tend to be uh, the targets of incivility more often. You start to see that this is a real problem. And sort of segueing from what I was doing when I was younger, promoting anti-bullying programs in schools, I'm trying to show people that this is not just naivete and trying to encourage people to be nice. It's about elevating civility as a core element of what it means to be a professional who's able to do their job effectively. And it doesn't cost anything to be polite and to be civil. And sometimes it takes a while to to, to get to that point, whether it's to take a deep breath, to pause before you hit the send button. I guess maybe that's something I'd like to talk about. I see so much incivility when it comes to emailing. You know, and again, you don't always get a person's emotional state when you're receiving an email. But I have seen the, the most horrible things fly across my computer screen from lawyers. And I'm thinking, did you even think about the fact that you sent this to me? It, it's so true. And I'm sure we could all compile a list of the horrible things <laughs> right. that we have seen people say in person or send by email. And one of the things we try to do at the commission is to give people strategies to avoid doing that. Because oftentimes, if you send an email like that, your oppo- opponent may attach it as an exhibit. Yes. And the judge is going to see that. And it's such a poor reflection on you as a professional and as an advocate. So we tell people, take a deep breath. Don't respond instantaneously. Be in control of your emotions as opposed to being controlled by them. That's how you can serve your client's interests best. And even just basic things during your day to just be civil to people. I mean, even if you don't feel like smiling to, at your barista, thank you. Smile. And, you know, you find that when you force yourself sometimes to be friendlier than you feel, it makes you feel better. It's true. We also talk to lawyers about wellness, self-care, and focusing on your mental health, but because there is a connection between these things. Oftentimes, people react very impulsively and lash out at other people because they're not prioritizing getting enough sleep, having time to participate in physical activity, the kind of things that every human being needs to be able to be rejuvenated. So we talk to people about your career is adversarial and it's stressful, but recognize that in order to do your job effectively, you have to prioritize those other aspects of your life. We're out of time, but you're a big sports fan. You're back to Chicago. Who are you rooting for? I'm going to be rooting for the Chicago Bears because my godfather played for the Bears, Reevee Sori. He played while Walter Payton was playing. So that makes me a lifelong Bears fan. Erica Harrell, thank you so much for joining us. You'll have to come back again. We have a lot more to talk about. I'd love to come back. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care.